Welcome to the Health Podcast, where we talk about everything health, lifestyle and performance, amongst other things from the world of endurance sports, with me, your host, Coach Morg. Welcome everybody, welcome to episode 6 of the Help Podcast, that's the Health, Lifestyle and Performance Podcast. Really, really pleased today to announce that um, uh, we're going to have a, uh, a guest on who, uh, as you'll see in the title, is uh, we're calling Ben Lunges-Leach, so we'll have to get him to explain uh, why he's called Lunges-Leach. So, welcome to the podcast, Ben. Hi, Mark. Right, good to see you. Like you say, lockdown and... Uh, not getting around the world and seeing people uh, very much, so it's always good to catch up with uh, uh, friends and colleagues there and doing it through this medium where we can have a chat and some of our athletes can get a benefit of it. Yeah. For the benefit of the listeners, um, obviously this is going out live on our uh, Tribe page, so um, if you're not a subscriber and you want to watch this, the video, uh, where you can see both myself and uh, my guest, um, you can uh, sign up to that on our website. There'll be a link in the, uh, in the, in the show notes. Um, but just at late, so Ben, uh, we know each other from uh, we're uh, both British triathlon coach educators, I think is the correct title these days, does change every now and again. Um, so myself and Ben have worked together, um, on a couple of courses now. And uh, reason I wanted to get you on, Ben, is because uh, I think it's fair to say whenever we work together, um, we're very much singing off the same song sheet, aren't we, when it comes to yeah. uh, swim, bike, and run, and uh. All this, but particularly, um, we've both got a bit of an interest in strength and conditioning. Now, I, I've got general interest in it and do a little bit of strength and conditioning stuff. Um, but Ben, really wanted to get you on because you're a bit of a dare I say a guru in this world of uh, in the world of strength and conditioning and uh, and for triathlon and stuff like that. So, do you want to tell the uh, the listeners a little bit about you, what what your journey is, and more importantly, what you do for a living? Because I think that's fascinating in its own right. Yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, firstly, cheers for having, having us on. Um, guru, I wouldn't say go with that. I think uh, it's a long way to go before being a guru, but I've got a, a, an avid interest in strength conditioning. So, yeah, so my background, so in the, I'm currently still serving in the British Army, been in uh, just over 18 years now. Um, in 2010, I transferred into what's called the Royal Army Physical Training Course, which is, it's, it's, that's the main core for delivering all physical training um, to the soldiers uh, across the British Army. Um, I specialise in what we call exercise rehabilitation. So when the soldiers get injured, they come to me and we do individual and group therapy to get them back to full fitness to go and do whatever role they're at. So currently I'm up at um, Harrogate, which ain't too far away from yourself, uh, Morg. And we've got um, quite a unique population. Like we're we're the only organisation in the world, I believe, that uh, officially trains 16 to 18 year olds um, in becoming a, a professional soldier. So it's a real unique population. So at any one time, we can have uh, about around about 1,100 junior soldiers here in Harrogate learning to be a soldier, as well as grow and develop into being an adult. So with that age group, you get a lot of uh, emotions, a lot of growth and that sort of stuff that comes yeah. with it. So yeah, it's a quite a unique role to be playing here, something I'm quite passionate about. With regards to strength conditioning, so I did a uh, BSc in strength conditioning in 2016. I, fin- I finished that from the University of Central Lancashire. Um, and then subsequently got um, accredited as a, a UK SNC coach uh, with UK Strength Condition Association. Um, and my sort of passion's always been 
enjoying sport, especially specifically triathlon. And I was quite keen to see how strength conditioning can um, work alongside and integrate into endurance performance. And that's my sort of interest and field uh, at the moment, as long as my, my main job has been a, a, a staff sergeant in the, in the British Army. That's quite me in a nutshell, really. Yeah, fantastic. I would say really interesting uh, stuff going on over there at Harrogate, the Foundation College. And I think the younger generation get a bit of a bad press these days, don't they? Um, but I know I've been chatting to you. Some, you know, I think it's quite nice to hear that actually there is a, this population up there, like say 1,100 soldiers, a lot, lot of youngsters that who are actually sort of being developed into sort of uh, pretty awesome individuals like yeah, this is it's a, it's a fascinating place, and uh, you, they come in day one and rabbit in headlights type thing, and then you see them go through their own journey. And I'd say, definitely say by graduation, they're a, a completely different person. They're upright. They've got a posture. They've got a sense of purpose. They've achieved something. I think one of the real important things here, and I'll get, I'm going to use the uh, SES Who Dares Win as a, a as a, an example. So that was on TV last night, and. Um, when you watch that that type of program, especially with the celebrity one, you got people coming from all different backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. This environment's a leveler. Doesn't matter what your background is, you've got an opportunity to make something of yourself. Okay, go as far as you want, go and do whatever you want. Oh, you got an opportunity to play the game a little bit and level it out and enjoy it, enjoy it. And I think it's just that that level. It doesn't matter what your background is, you've got the opportunity to go and be the best version of you. And I think this this college really instills that. Um, and it's a, it's a fascinating place to be working. It's something I'm quite passionate. I've been here just over three years now. Um, I've, I've extended a, a couple of times to stay here, so I've got another year left here. And just for that reason, I think you can make a big difference on to some young people's lives. Fantastic. And you've got a new colonel in chief, haven't you? Oh, yeah, we have. Yeah. Sir <laughs> Tom now, eh? Yeah, yeah, Sir Tom now. Yeah, it is like that. How's that gone down? Has that been quite a. Yeah, it's been quite cool, actually. I think the uh, our current. Uh, Commanding officer, the CO, Lieutenant Colonel Hall. He's been on TV a few times with it now. He's got. Yeah. He, he's, he's been in the press quite a bit over the recent. Yeah, they they rode the Atlantic just before Christmas. Or just yeah, after yeah. Christmas finished it. Yeah, so he's been in the press quite a bit actually. Um, so, but that's it. Just it's just a real. It's a, it's a jewel in the north in a way. That what 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 they offer and what they do and how they get the best out of people in this place. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to work here. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's, it's one of those places where not a lot of people probably they might have heard of it, but they probably don't really know what what it consists of and uh, like that. It's a pretty, like I say, bit bit of a, a fantastic place and great that it's yeah. here in Yorkshire. You know, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Um, so how's um, you know, have you been coping with the uh, the lockdown then? Um, I know we've been asking a few of the guests this. Um, how are you coping work wise, personally? Has you has your training suffered or have you taken advantage of it? Yeah, so um, I'll start with work-wise. Uh, work is, um, so obviously my job's quite involved with people. So we've had to move that onto online. So officially our training, uh, phase one training in the British Army stopped around about end of March, um, which got kind of on hold. So recruits, the junior soldiers went home. Um, but what we've done is trying to maintain some sort of level of maintenance in the training. So I've, I've been focusing on the um, getting an online platform so they can do sort of physical training online. And likewise, all the, the military skills that they've got to learn, they've um, they've set up virtual platoons and just been really bringing stuff to the 21st century. So that's been gone, yeah. that's gone down really well. So I've been doing that online. Um, with, I've got two young kids, a uh, um, 18 month and a three three and a half year old. So at home, you can imagine it's quite demanding. Yeah. Quite intense, balancing doing some work from home, but it's been fun. 
You probably can't wait to get back to work, can you? Yeah, in a way, but it's, it's been good. We've just, um, just been helping helping the wife out with uh, stuff at home. It's just a demanding task. Uh, it's never ending as well, which is uh, the big one. So you, it's uh, you get an insight into what my, my wife gets up to uh, most of the day. Um, training, I think, like most motivated people, uh, probably grasp this. So I, I, if you look at your training peak metrics, mine just been on an upward trajectory for the last uh, few months, which has been good. And it just comes down to consistency. Um, yeah. But I, so for me personally, it's been okay. I think it's been hard for the children not seeing like grandparents and that. And I completely understand how some people are just having a terrible time with this. So I personally, I don't want to promote my experience. I've been absolutely fine. Just been playing my bit as best I can for, uh, for the for the wider public. Yeah. And have you, uh, interesting one, I say I've um, seen lots of different um, people reacting to it. Sort of like some people think it's not, this has been an opportunity to train a bit like a pro, all that sort of stuff going out and sort of really ramping up the volume and stuff like that. Um, and the intensity sort of thing, and uh, you know, even doing like virtual online Ironmans and stuff like that sort yeah. of thing. What's your approach been? Is you being a bit more leveled, or sort of like just? I know I personally have just been about staying healthy. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I, I, I think it was quite, it was funny at the start when people when the, the lockdown got uh, got called. I think people just went at it, went really keen, went really keen, really quick. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do. It. I'm going to cycle from London, uh, London to John O'Groats type thing, and. I think it soon fizzled out. My approach was um, slow and steady wins a race. So now we're an hour and a half a day. Um, work on my weaknesses a little bit. So um, I've had a few little niggles. So I've just been really prioritising getting them sorted out. Um, big fan of the low intensity, just keeping the low intensity and just topping up with a little bit of high intensity when needed. Um, and making and just keeping it enjoyable. And uh, uh, that, that's the main thing. I've, I've not set myself any crazy challenges or anything like that. I've just been ticking along like myself, keep healthy play around with yeah. the diet a little bit just use this time wisely yeah so if you lost weight or gained weight then maintained I'm a, I, I just maintain weight I think maintained. I've been about the same last 10 years <laughs> yeah. I've, lost, I've lost a little bit but I'll be honest I had a, I had a little bit to to lose because I'd been yeah. uh, a bit just just as the lockdown came we just got back from a training camp in Lanzarote and I'd, oh. uh, it's fair to say I'd been buffet slain um yeah. in between training sessions so yeah I had a little bit to lose sort of thing but yeah no, it's good that you're uh sort of taking a sensible approach to it um again generally yeah uh, you know people that you coach are they coping all right with it yeah they've been absolutely fine we've got a handful of guys on the books at the moment and they've been ticking on quite nicely um uh, one of the guys is just trying a, a, a different approach for him um i've got the time to another guy gave him a bit more sort of autonomy on his training because he um obviously he's working from home and he's just using that time to do some jobs around the house as well so yeah. he just got some autonomy it's gone down. I think. I think the key is communication. Um, just keeping the guys communicating. Um, so fortunate enough, they've been they've been doing okay. I've had a, a couple of guys get in touch with me over social media just for a bit of help with S and C, which has been good. So people, I think, are using that time. But now, the swim aspect of it is kind of out the window up until up until we are allowed to go swimming. So I've kind of said to the people, try and think of it as strength bike run for triathlon. So just really get it in because strength training is normally thrown out the window really quickly yeah. um, until they can get back into the pool again or open water. I think you just summed it up there. That's a fantastic little phrase, that strength bike run. You heard it here first, folks, like that. I hope you've trademarked that, Ben. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. It's on social media already somewhere. Is it all right? Yeah, some, some of them have hashtagged it, won't they? Yeah. Um, but, no, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, really, is that, yeah, 
until we can swim. And funny enough, we've just announced this morning that um, we're uh, opening our lake this week. Um, but again, I think it's going to take a long time for people to get back into the groove of swimming and get that, that sort of swim-specific fitness back up sort of thing. But again, you know, even if you can only do a limited amount of swimming, just getting uh, getting back into uh, you know, well, maintaining the strength work that people might have picked up during this this period is absolutely brilliant. What do you make out of um, and I'm I'm going to quiz you on this one because uh, I have my thoughts on it. Um, obviously, there's a lot of people sort of doing. Uh, been out buying swimming pools on Amazon and um they're uh, they've been tethering themselves to a brick wall or something like that and uh, yeah. trying to maintain some swim fitness from a strength and conditioning point of view is there a benefit to that I'm, I'm struggling to see I, I think I think it was a bit of a novelty when it first started out is it, it, it even if there's a placebo effect like it makes people feel like they're maintaining some sort of fitness brilliant go for it but from my point of view I don't think it these other things you could be doing um i've got a bit of a, I, I if you're a top end swimmer i think when you go back to swimming yeah you, you've gone and lost a little bit of speed it may feel a little bit hard getting into the water it may just feel a bit more tired than you normally do for someone like me i'm like a, an average swimmer i reckon i'll probably put on 20 30 seconds on my 400 meter time i can take that without and i've not swam i've not swam yeah. since uh, end of march um and we've not swimming and putting on 20 30 seconds I can say that, but it's definitely other areas I can be working on. Um, the mobility, okay, a bit of core work, all, all these transferable skills into swimming. So um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where they are. I think where them, it's like the, the toe cords that they're using, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Balls and I don't, I don't know where it's going with that. I, I, I personally was a bit of a gimmick when it first started. But I'm excited yeah. to see the man and his dog doing it. I've not done it personally. Yeah. I think um, you know I'm, I'm I'm not a huge fan of swimming on the spot neither, so I can't see. Uh, I'm struggling to see the attraction a little bit. But again, I think you're right there. If if, if it helps people, like say, um, just feel like they're maintaining something, probably more from a sort of uh, you know a psychological benefit as opposed yeah. to uh, um, actual training benefit sort of thing. So um, for tapping into your sort of knowledge of um, of strength and conditioning, then what? Um, what's your observations obviously someone who um you know strength conditioning is your job you're a pti and all that sort of stuff when you're looking into the world of triathlon what are you kind of and maybe when you're looking at other sports other you know obviously your work and stuff like that how 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 do triathletes and open water swimmers sort of compare when it comes to snc are they, are they embracing it or is there a bit of a lack of i think it, it normally takes a trigger and that trigger for an endurance athlete to get involved is an injury, not unfortunately. I think the amount of times I hear a an endurance, let's just call it an endurance athlete, uh, covering triathlon, open water swimming, etc. I think when they, before they get have a decent injury, they a bit blasé with it, they, they can get away with it and just fight through. Then they get an injury that keeps them out of doing the things that they want to do. And then that has a knock-on effect because they're not consistent in their training. So it just gets a little bit harder and they gain a bit of weight. And then it's finding the importance of S and C because um, of through that injury. So sometimes it's that trigger that needs them to get involved with it. You get um, if you look at the top level. If you look at the top level, so I, I, I like to say what works at the top level. So you're talking at the top of the sport filters down quite well into the lower ranks. Obviously, yeah. they have to scale it down. But what we do sometimes at the recreational level doesn't always filter up. So it's always good to look down. And then there's a reason why these. Um, majority of uh, national governing bodies employ strength conditioning coaches for the, the top level performances because there's a benefit for it um 
from a strength conditioning point of view, you normally number one rule you're looking at is um, to prevent injuries and not cause, not definitely not cause any injuries through your training approach, but try and reduce and minimise or even manage injuries that you may have for, with there. And that's the number one rule. And if you can manage that, that's going to feed into consistency of training because you're not going to have to take any time out of training because you're injured. So you can continue yeah. with it. I think that, but I think in the last few years, um, more and more people seen the benefits from that. I think there's a good work by uh, British Triathlons bringing the SNC workshop for coaches, so more coaches are aware of it, and then they can fill it down to the athletes. And another ob- observation of mine is um, when people uh, traditionally people get in, come to triathlon from other sports. We're probably at the age now where we're getting thoroughbred triathletes from a real young age all the way through, but traditionally yeah. they come from other sports. Um, so that means they're normally in the ages 30 plus. And if you look at most races, the age groups are between 30 and 45 are probably the big, most stacked age groups in regards to the number of participants. Yeah. That age group there, 100%, you could benefit from doing some type of s and um, And if you look to Craig Alexander, a great sort of Australian triathlete, and he, he, he put down integrating s and into his sort of performances later in his life. And I think he was, was he a champion around about age of 40? Yeah, yeah. Quite, yeah, quite one of the older sort of champions, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he, so I think when you get into that sort of age group there, you're going to benefit, you'll benefit massively from putting some S&C work. And he's a bigger picture. I think you mentioned at the start there about health. Yeah. Not all of us have the luxury of just being triathlon, being a full-time job. We've all got occupations, be it sedentary, be quite active. Um and strength conditioning is going to help play into that. And it's a long life play. As you get a little bit older, we lose a bit of muscle mass, get a little bit frailer. Loading them bones up through strength work throughout your life is only going to help in the long-term approach. So there's not only a performance benefit, there's a health and longevity benefit as well. Yeah, I think it's in the podcast. Um, so Ben, you were just saying about um, uh, maintaining muscle mass throughout life, um, because as we age, the risk is we lose muscle mass. Um, I think there's a fascinating little, um, you've probably seen these images of um, the different cross sections of, um, I think it's the um, uh, it's the uh, thigh muscle of like, I think there's like a, um, an average human, you know, the, the normal member of the population, there's like a triathlete, there's then like a, an elderly person, maybe like a 70 year old, and there's like a 70 year old triathlete and the difference in muscle mass um is fascinating and yeah. um i think i think one thing that interests me yet yeah, as people as you get older i think it's really really important but i think there's even again going back to more of a health side of things i think that the one of the risks i see in society is there's a generation almost growing up without developing they've got muscle mass but they're not developing it stroke maintaining it as they as they grow older do you see that quite a bit yeah i think i need to say I think it's just like a bit of a misconception that you need to go to the gym to get muscle mass and people, not a lot, not everyone likes the gym environment, which is absolutely yeah. I think that's why a lot of triathletes fall into triathlon. They don't like, they don't like going to the gym, but you can still develop lean, lean tissue by not going to the gym through other methods. But by doing the sport you do, yeah, it definitely gives you a, um, a healthier lifestyle, which is going to, help you as you as you age as well but you mentioned something about that strength maintenance and i think that's really important that try to maintain some level of strength uh, throughout throughout your life and there's a real good the drive at the moment in the strength conditioning world to try and find other like side avenues rather than just being like sport you think strength conditioning coach and you think performance sport but there's actually a bigger picture to that and you, you there's no reason why like i i 
I deal with what's referred to as tactical athletes uh, in the SNC world, so soldiers. And that, that umbrella takes in policemen, firemen, all, all them type of guys. But then if you go and look at a, a builder, if you're like a, a 40, 45 year old building, you've been doing it since you're, you're 20, there's going to be areas which are going to affect you later in life. And if you're a hod carrier, one side's going to be like probably bigger than the other, stronger than the other. You, you can definitely work on that to balance it out. And if you've got these imbalances in your life, it's, it's, it's going to affect you at some point. Just having some some intervention just to help sort it out. And it, it, there's a good group called um, Strength for Life, which are, are, are looking at strength conditioning in different different sectors. And they're getting like people in the 70s and 80s lifting weights. And yeah, you know, yeah. what, what would look like a, what you should be seen doing in the gym, getting these guys doing it. And it's normally people's perceptions that limit them. Oh, I can't do that. But of course you can. If you, as long as you've got the right approach to it and, and someone to guide you, you can go and do whatever you want. Yeah. And there's a good there's a good benefit for um, metabolic health, isn't there? And met, metabolic reason for maintaining muscle mass. Because obviously, um, you know, if, you're, if your muscle mass is decreasing over time and you're still eating like an athlete, um, you know, obviously that you're not going to be burning as many calories. So again, for sort of people who are looking for more for weight control, obviously developing strong, efficient muscle um, is a great way to sort of like maintain that metabolic health in it. And at the end of the day, if you strip down a, a human being, there's three main sort of components. You've got lean tissue, so quite functional tissue. So your muscles, your bones, all of your organs, all those things that we need to live. You've got water, then the next substance is fat. Um, so let's maintain that lean tissue best we best we can. And uh, yeah. we're really going to do that. Yeah, I think um, I think it's interesting. Sort of moving on, slightly, but another part of strength course. One of the things that um, I'm, uh, you know, one thing I've worked on myself quite a bit um, over the years. Again, having spent a bit of time with the military, military tended to make me a little bit inflexible um, for. Uh, you know, carrying big weights around and stuff. Um, I just hope the kit's got lighter these days. I doubt it, but um, the uh, is flexibility. Um, now I'm a big one for this for when it comes to swimming. I think it's really interesting. And again, it'd be good to get your sort of observations on this, uh, Ben, about how many people, particularly maybe people coming into the sport of triathlon, and again, what they do for a living tends to have a big impact on this. So I was interested to know what people do for a living when I'm coaching them. But the amount of lack of flexibility in the shoulders um from a swimming perspective but then obviously when you look um from a running perspective and cycling it's things like hip flexors are tight um you know um you know misfiring glutes stuff so the going back to the flexibility tight hamstrings and stuff like that flexibility wise alongside maintaining um the uh muscle mass for me i think maintaining but developing flexibility through life is uh goes alongside that really would you agree yeah, there's, um, there's a bit of a paradox in the triathlon world, though. For, you mentioned there about swimming. Swimming benefits from having a high level of mobility, especially around the shoulders, around the ankles and the hips. But when you go to running, and there's definitely a benefit in having some sort of muscular stiffness. I'm not saying being tight, but muscular stiffness for power transfer. Yeah. So when you, I, I'll use the classic example of when you get a someone from a swimming background coming to triathlon, obviously they want to swim well and fine, but they, they could be at risk of a bit more running related injuries maybe they've not had the yeah. for instance when you're running you're loading ignore yes you are getting fit but you are also placing a lot of load and stresses on your body where if you spent quite a lot of your life being pool based you're not going to have that sort of conditioning to that but likewise when you get a runner from a running background into triathlon they're 
may have some issues in the swimming pool, maybe tight in the ankles, okay, tight in the shoulders. So it's a bit of a paradox you've got to play with it. And that's where the, the role of being an individual approach is really, really important. Yeah. You also mentioned about people's uh, occupation. If you've got someone, traditionally swim sessions are in the evening after work. Someone's been sedentary most of the day, so at work, stressful day. They'll highly benefit from some sort of mobi mobility-based warm-up prior to getting into the pool. Yeah, yeah. Um, de definitely. So there's 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 a, a big importance, and uh, I've heard I, I I didn't quote this phrase, but I did like this phrase of um, free speed. So if you work yeah. on this uh, mobility, especially on the hips, the hamstrings, the shoulders, can really help with uh, generating a bit of free speed. So you live. So it comes down to the bit, bit of definition. So range of movement, uh, so flexibility, the range of movement are given joint or series of joints, but mobility is the ease of movement. And I think that's really important. So yeah. you could have someone who's got good flexibility, but they may not have the ease of movement because they're quite tight. Uh, so it's working though, those hand in hand is quite important. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I think it's an interesting one. And I see it quite a lot when they do video analysis of swimmers. Um, You'll, you know, one of the big things in swimming, as you'll know, is everyone talks about um, sinky legs, you know, particularly as blokes, you know, they talk about sinky legs. But I see more and more nowadays, particularly with people with sedentary jobs, people who sit at desks and people who do a lot of driving, is that they'll actually have a really, really good body position. You know, they're, um, you know, they'll be nice. the hips will be up near the surface of the water, but actually what's limiting them is they're actually so tight in the hip flexors that's actually dragging the thighs and the the lower leg down into the water and it's, it's purely down to flexibility um um rather than you know actual bad you know swim technique and stuff like that again you you see the image there and there's this you can draw a nice flat line along the uh the body along the torso down into the hips but as soon as we get to the to the um to the thighs and um, the quads and the hamstrings are just so everything's so tight that it's dragging down in the water and that's what um, i'm gonna on run performance as well because they're struggling to achieve that hip extension and hip extension is a, a real important physical quality for most sports so yeah refer to as triple extension what we refer to so from the ankle knee and the hip to generate force um, and if you if you are tight in the hips you 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 miss out the opportunity to get into that more efficient way of, of moving uh, and that, that can simply be worked through just incorporating a bit of mobility, a bit of stretching into into your everyday life. So, on that point of view, then, what you know, what would you say? Would you recommend um, whether we're talking triathletes? Um, obviously, well, if we talk about triathletes, obviously, any any swim exercise will benefit um, the open water swimmers. But what what would you sort of say as a, a minimum do um, triathletes need to be doing um, regarding obviously? You know what sort of exercises to improve flexibility would you yeah. and mobility what would you what so i don't think there's necessarily a obviously you can go and do your hip flexor stretches and variations of mobility it's about creating that routine um of doing it and so i refer to it as tissue maintenance so the athlete normally knows when they need to do a bit of flexibility or a bit of mobility work it's about acting on that need to do it um so Let's say, for instance, if you're doing a, uh, a decent swim set, um, a good bit of foam rolling pre-session will not go amiss there. Well, that'll be really beneficial to you, really. Just a little bit of foam rolling, six to eight rolls on each major muscle group. Maybe spend a, p a particular attention to any uh, individual tight areas that you've got just to help loosen off the muscles ready to get himself uh, going into the, doing that event. 
Um, if it's coming to doing, um, it's setting up into a routine. So if you're doing pre-session, I'd look at sort of mobility. So a bit of foam rolling and mobility. So dynamic movement. So you're not holding a stretch necessarily. Um, and then maybe on recovery days, you may want to throw in a bit of yoga. Uh, yoga definitely will come under the category of S&C. Um, or just hold, hold a few static stretches when needed. But from, from my experience, the athlete normally knows when they need to do it, but they never act upon it. It's about acting, acting on it. Um, so creating that sort of habit to stay yeah. involved with it is really important. Fantastic. No, that's good. And I think, yeah, I think, you know, we've seen some really good stuff, particularly this opportunity with lockdown that a lot of our, our gang are really sort of embracing um the stuff out there and actually developing um the uh, uh the, fl the flexibility mobility and things like that one of the things we've been getting them to do is um uh on one of our sessions we call it our agility session and it's quite good fun actually uh, particularly when you're doing it online and getting people in the back gardens doing stuff but really um getting people to focus on agility balance and coordination yeah. again for me as a as a coach it, one of the things that i tend to see and i know when i think um um sometimes when we've worked and done um when we do the coach education workshops and we see um obviously we've got a group of trainee coaches but again they're they're acting as athletes and stuff like that some quite often do we see like those fundamentals agility balance and coordination can be quite lacking um particularly the coordination thing and obviously you in the military like that you'll see when those recruits first turn up for uh and, and get marched along the parade square you'll certainly see a lack of uh, lack of coordination sort of thing so what are your thoughts around you know athletes working and developing the abc yeah 100 need to be doing that so uh, my approach to it I, 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 we spoke offline about it before is um throughout the year i have what's referred to as my foundation training and in that foundation training is your balance your stability your mobility your postural control and any injury prevention type work um and that's something you can dip into in and out and it, it, if done right it, it doesn't need to be high intensity but anyway it's real it can be low intensity so you can factor it into onto your uh, lower days you can do it little and often get a lot of benefits right. out of it and you can throw it into your warm-ups like warm-ups I, I see is like the most underused part of the training session if you could get into the habit of putting in a bit of balance work um a bit of postural work into your warm-ups it's really going to go, go a long way because you're going to do probably do a session a day if you do a yeah. set if you do like a 10 minute warm-up out your seven sessions in a week you've got 70 minutes worth of uh, conditioning there um, and so you're using your time wisely so all that type of work is really important at the end of the day what you've got to remember is triathlon is a single limb sport so balance is going to be really important so when we run is only have one foot in contact with the ground when we're cycling is one leg pushing down when we're swimming it's a bit of a contralateral so opposite arm to leg so having that coordination and balance is, is really important hence why i put that on my foundation throughout the year because it's it's a transferable skill that we can use long. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of the ABCs. I've always said that if you, if you can improve your agility, balance and coordination in any way, you're, you're actively working to improve your athletic performance. Yeah, so, definitely. definitely. We did have a little bit of an example of that within our tribe. Uh, one of the guys, um, he's been doing the online agility and uh, his street had a social distancing VE Day 75 party and there was a, there was a uh, hopscotch competition and he went and won it. So I'm taking that. I'm, I'm taking that as a. I'm taking that as a win for our uh, session. The fact that he uh, went and won. You know, a forty-year-old bloke went and won a uh, hopscotch competition against a lot of kids. So get that on your CV there, Mark. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
sort of thing. But yeah, um, so um, looking as a, as a coach, then not necessarily just your S and C side. Then what what would you say were your kind of um, a things that triathletes or what swimmers are getting right, and B what things you'd sort of the, the biggest mistakes you see out there. Biggest mistake. So, uh, so could you just repeat the first question for me? Just, just what, what you think triathletes and open water swimmers are getting right, what they're doing, yeah. re- what, what they do really, really well as a general, just as a general overview, what you see out there, what you think the the sort of um, the missing out on or getting wrong. So I think the big thing is they're doing something. I think something's better than nothing. I think um, you look at triathlon; it's a massively growing sport. Open water swimming, more, it, it, again, is increasing in popularity as well. I think there's a bit of a fallout maybe from the triathlon world. Um, they are very adaptable. Like for instance, in this current situation with COVID nineteen, they've adapted to different ways of training. Um, it's quite a, a very social um, thing. And if you, I'll, I'll refer to a, um, a guy who works up in um, Stirling Uni. He was actually I was on my level two course with him actually. A guy called Dr. Andy Kirtland. I'll, I'll quote his phrase here. He calls it biopsychosocial. So it's the biology, sort of physical side of it the psycho so your behaviors and the social side of it i think triathlon in general gets a quite a good uh, blend of all that and i think that's really positive and I, I think i see triathlon as what i call it like as a sport for life so it doesn't matter your age yeah. your ability you can do it all the way through your life and i think that that's what we're definitely getting right um mistakes it's hard to say mistake because it's very individual sport and what works for one may not work for another so there's reasons why people do things um i think with the work that um, I think it's a doctor, Stephen Celia from uh, the American who lives out in Norway, um, kind of got the 80-20 sort of uh, approach going. He's, he's yeah. pumping out loads of real good resources and, and stuff online at the moment. And uh, I think he's really pushed, actually, you just get a lot of low-intensity stuff into your training, blend it with some high-intensity work as well, and you're going to have a good longevity. And I think mistakes that people have done maybe in the last 10 years is – they go too hard too soon. Yeah. I think just like they, they want to get a lot of threshold work, a lot of time. The person who trains the hardest is going to race the best. Not necessarily. It's people who train the smartest to them as an individual. And that's something I've definitely learned the hard way. I've, I've, I've trained myself into the wall quite a few times. But over the last sort of 18 months, really just like I'm ego to the side. Let's get this low intensity stuff done. Um, and, and if that means I've got to walk up a hill, I've got to walk up a hill. Um, or not because a low, an easy day needs to be an easy day. Hard day is a hard day, uh, and that's what I was definitely not getting right previously. But now, from personally, I I, I see I'm but I'm starting to see that um, a lot of triathletes are still in that must try hard, must must push myself really yeah. hard. Go on, go on. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I totally agree. I think um, yeah, but it's an easy trap to fall into, isn't it? Um, yeah. I think we've all done it in the past where it's like, right, I've got this amount of time, I've got to maximise it. And before you know it, you know, you, you're knocking out loads of right threshold work and not getting any base. And, and just, yeah, they often call it the black hole of training, don't they? Yeah. So I, think I, I like to refer to it as um, right too soon, rotten too early. So yeah. people, you do all this hard work. Yeah, you feel fit, but they're probably fit in like March when it's not absolutely that, in, that important. Then we yeah. get to June, July when it's the peak of the UK season. They're just they're fried because um, they haven't got that base work in there. And there's 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 no secret to it. There's no special session, no special block. You just got to get training consistently. Yeah, it's yeah. That really. No, no, definitely, totally agree on that one. Um, so 
before we finish off, we're just going to throw some so, couple of questions at you. We did this with our guest last week, and a um, uh, um, little bit off the wall. But what's your uh, what's your favourite food? Favourite food, what? right? If you asked me this, if you asked me this two day, two years ago, hands down, it would have been mashed potato. Grew up, grew up on mashed potato. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, however, um, I've kind of stepped away from that at the moment. So I would say I've got an out there one at the moment. I've, I've gone plant based in the last sort of nine, 12 months or so. Um, and I have a, a Cajun tofu scramble. Um, right. I recommend it. Uh, it's got black beans in there, Cajun spicing, turmeric, obviously tofu. I have that and a bit of toast. Uh, that sets me up for the day. That's, that's, that's probably where I'm at at the moment with that. You'll have to uh, you'll have to send us the uh, send us the recipe. Yeah, do- uh, it's on um, Doctor's Kitchen. It's for, for right. doc- quite a popular podcast actually, and they've got a, a good book uh, in there. So I highly recommend that. How are you going plant based? How's that? How's that going for you? Yeah, good. Um, it's been like a gradual thing. Uh, so I went a bit veggie and then um, stepped across. I, I don't drink brews. I know a lot of people turn their nose up at that and probably think I'm a bit weird. So in the milk, especially yeah. in the army, you're not drinking <laughs> yeah, brews. Yeah. Uh, so um, the milk issue weren't too much of a, an issue there for me. Um, I slowly just stepped away from meat. Um, I just I was just feeling bloated and not so I, I had a bit of a I finished with a bit of a bad feeling towards it. So I just stepped across. Yeah. I, I I feel I feel cleaner. Um, energy wise, it's the same. I'm not going to say it gives me any more energy or anything like that. But I generally feel okay with it. Fantastic. No, yeah. good stuff. And let's be honest, the uh, the vegetarian army ration packs are always the best ones, aren't they? <laughs> <Fair one. laughs> I, I, I don't go on exercise at the moment. I've not been on exercise for many years, to be fair. I know with my uh, my time in there, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you always wanted to try and get a vegetarian one because they were always better than, uh, they always tasted better. They always yeah. put extra, <laughs> I think they always put extra effort into, uh, into making the vegetarian ones. Um, so, what would, what would be your favourite training session? If you could do only do one training session, what would it be? Um, I'm a big fan of a turbo session. Uh, jumping yeah. on the bike. Um, I refer to it a bit. I think uh, a swim smooth use it, actually. Like a, a kitchen sink session. Just throw a bit of everything in. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, like, I have a nice two-hour session that I can do on there. The first hour is just steady way pedaling and the, the back end hour you just you bury yourself with some long and short intervals and that and that's something that I, if you get it right if you finish it and get it right you get quite a good uh, endorphin rush after it uh, so i'd say that's probably my favorite session at the moment happy days fantastic and then uh last one um what would you say your favorite races have you got have you got a favorite race that you've done triathlon race or was it running or any other competitions so you've my, done? yeah so um been lucky enough to do outdoors twice um through mm-hmm. the army and as an experience i think that's got to be on most people's bucket list to go and do that it's like a better, one of the reasons for that say it's a triathlon festival for the week so there's three races you can choose from a duathlon long course and then there's a, a short version like an olympic distance type stuff uh, on there um, and it's just a, a fantastic place you get to go up some m- massive climbs um and it's not it's not one for a PB, I tell you that. Um, and yeah. it's, a, it's it's a real real tough day. And normally the weather's good, so you get a good um, good day in the bike. And it's just a, a real hard course, but and then the it's just a great atmosphere, a multi nation. So I'd say outdoors 
is my favourite race I've done. I, I, but in the UK, I, I was fortunate enough to do the first Lakesman, and I thought I was All a right, really yeah. good course. I think the guys were really honest on the course. Um, and uh, hopefully that's a race that will grow over the years. And I believe it has. I, I did a yeah, yeah. first year when I was 16. Um, surprisingly a fast course for being through the lakes. Um, so, yeah, so UK one, Lakesman, and abroad, outdoors. Fantastic. I think um, Dan, our guest last week, he uh, he said Lakesman. Uh, what is his age yeah. group there? So, I think that's why it's his, his favourite race yeah. sort of thing. But, yeah. So, um We'll probably call it a wrap there. Um, it's been absolutely great having you on, Ben. Um, and maybe we'll um, get you back on at some other point and maybe we might dive down into that um, a bit about plant-based uh, stuff, see how that goes in the future. Yeah, yeah my game, yeah. I'm more than happy to do any, any more of these because it's quite enjoyable, actually, just talk about stuff that we enjoy and passionate about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so um, big thanks for coming on. And um, again, we'll put um, some links down the bottom to the all stuff that you do because you've obviously got your uh your, your coach you do there a real big power um right. your coaching company in it sort of thing yeah. um so yeah we'll uh, we'll get some links down in the uh, in the bio for the uh thing and uh thanks again yeah appreciate it for having me on um hope this goes down well for you guys and i look forward to hopefully speaking to you soon no problem thanks very much ben see you later mate so gang that was episode six um i hope you enjoyed it um we'll uh We'll be back next week with uh, another guest and we'll uh, we'll speak soon in the meantime take care